Welcome to Charting the Course, a podcast from Full Sail Capital. We're a registered investment advisory firm committed to helping clients grow and manage generational wealth. We do this by focusing on integrity, competency, and transparency each and every day. No matter where you find yourself on the investing journey, our hope is that these conversations, stories, and interviews can empower and equip all investors with fresh insight and perspective on the capital markets. Thank you so much for joining us, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Well, today we have a very special episode celebrating Full Sail's five-year anniversary. As we wrapped up the month of February, I asked the three founding partners, Scott Cravens, Zach Reynolds, and David Stanley, to sit down in studio and spend some time with me telling stories and reflecting on the journey up to this point. From all of us here at Team Full Cell, we are so grateful to the individuals, the families, and the businesses who have come aboard over the past five years, and we're thrilled to see what lies ahead. Now, if you have any questions or would like more information on our team, head over to the website, give us a call, or better yet, stop by and see us. We'd love the opportunity to visit. Thanks again to Scott, Zach, and David for the time, and I hope you enjoy our discussion. All right, good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for joining me today. Good, good morning. morning. That was all in unison. Well done. <laughs> We're going to jump right in here. So we've just completed the month of February, which completes our fifth year of Full Cell being in operation. There's some various dates in there of like when you guys started and when the SE and all that stuff, but February is our anniversary month. So we're going to look back over the past five and then look forward to the next five, 15, 30 years down the road. David, I'm going to kick it to you. If you would, uh, let's go back to the beginning. A lot of people know the story, but there's, there's also a lot of clients and friends and network partners that don't. So I'm going to have you take us back to the beginning of when the idea of an independent firm in the RIA space started to come into your mind, started to make sense and started to be a conversation between the three of you. And I'll kind of let you lead into that. Sure. The RIA space was something I was interested in even before I I really came with the firm that we pulled out of and, and started full sale. I didn't have the full vision for it. I really didn't. Sure. So we're moving along there, doing doing great work. And Zach just kept coming into me. Everyone thinks it's me that was the initiator of this this company. It's really Zach Reynolds. I give him all credit in the world and blame whoever, whoever seat you're in. And uh, he kept coming to me, showing me basic math, which really was infuriating to someone like me that really, really believed in active management of, of money. And just showing how the evidence proved over time, over a long period of time, you destroyed value for your clients doing that. And it doesn't mean the people who are doing active management are doing bad things. They're just doing their thing. And that's what I had done for probably 28 years up to, up to that point. Anyway, he kept showing me this and eventually, boy, numbers don't lie. Numbers don't, and it sure didn't lie to us. And so we had the foundation of being a fiduciary because we'd all come out of the, the trust world, which is a fiduciary world. Right. And we wanted to, to continue that on, but we felt like we could do it in a way that was even more genuine to our clients and more transparent. And that's really when it all, all the balls started rolling downhill towards the, what, the creation of what is now Full Cell Capital. Okay. Zach, Scott, would you like to add anything to when it became apparent that this was going to happen and the need was there. Let's go fill that void. I totally agree with David. I certainly felt an increasing need to go manage money 
the way that I thought was best, the more and more I learned, the more experience I got. And I'm forever grateful to David and Scott for hearing me out and listening to that vision of, of how we could create an investment process that was more evidence-based to do the right things for our client. The other thing I'd say, though, is a lot of what we've done at Full Sail was driven by listening to our clients. There's a lot of frustration or there was a lot of frustration around things like technology. And when you're in a legacy world where, you know, and trust companies are not known for being uh, super forward thinking generally, and they've been around for a long time and they do a lot of yeah. things right. Like David said, we love the fiduciary approach, but you look around and the world has changed and there's technology solutions that can make things like portfolio management, tax loss harvesting so much more efficient. Right. And so once we started looking at that world pretty seriously, seeing the technology that was out there, both in terms of what we could do internally, kind of behind the scenes, and then externally, the information we could give to our clients, mm -hmm. easily accessible daily information. It made all the sense in the world to really start exploring it. And once we did, I think the decision became pretty easy for, at least from my perspective. When Zach, emphasis on Zach, started talking about this, <laughs> for me, it became easy for two reasons. One was for anybody who knows me and knows why I do what I do, it goes back to what my own family experienced. So the idea that we could build something that was even more authentic to clients, that was even more driven towards serving them at a higher level, providing them better technology, providing them a better team approach, which we thought we could deliver, was very compelling to me. And then the other side of that is your work, like a lot of things, is only as good as the people you're doing it with. And the people that I loved doing it with were all going to full sale. It was really, who do you want to do this with? Whose team are you going to be on? And I mean, Zach and I have essentially worked together our entire careers with the exception of one gap year. And, you know, unfortunately, he introduced me to David, <laughs> which I'm not, I'm, I'm grateful for most of the time. But, you know, but it, it's, that's a huge part of it. And I really believed in the team that we were and the team that we could become and our yes. ability to deliver. So it, that was what got me passionate. As you guys started to, think more and more about what this firm, it was going to look like. What were some of the founding principles that you had in the back of your mind? What was kind of your underlying mission of in five years, which is where we're at now, we want to be known as what? Fill in the blank. What were those characteristics? I'll jump in first and just say, for us, I think we were really trying to redefine family office as a term that's a lot like financial advisor. It doesn't really mean anything. You have to define it with the way that you deliver, with the culture you create, with the way that you engage with clients. I think we were really driven to try to create a definition for ourselves and our clients of what the expectation should be for family office. And that came down to service. Service model was key. I think being on the inside now for a number of years, I can say that that's remained a founding core principle, I would they say. What, would you guys add anything else? Well, I, I would say transparency is one of the greatest things I think yep. we provided 100% transparency. For sure. Uh, our industry is riddled with little sleight of hands that they do to clients that don't understand what's going on. And a fee here, a fee there, you never see it's netted out. And we don't have any of that. Everything's on top of the table. I just love how transparent we are. And I love how easy it is for our clients to actually understand what we do for them. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I already said it, but you know, being evidence-based with respect to how we invest money was very important to me. The other thing that we're still growing in this, but uh, I'm really proud of over time watching our team grow. 
And I think part of that is making sure that our employees feel like they're benefiting from the growth of the firm, benefiting from their efforts. And, you know, sometimes at big firms, that's not quite as easy to do in a bigger bureaucracy. And I think we've stayed pretty flat in terms of people being able to create value and then be compensated for that value. That's an important thing too, because at the end of the day, David, Scott, and I are, are one group and we work with one group of clients, but for Full Cell to really grow over time, we had to attract additional talent like people like you, Tyler. And so I'm proud of, of creating a place where people want to come work. Yes. No doubt. I, I think all those, you can walk into this office and you can, you can feel and see those, you know, everything you guys mentioned. One thing I'm going to add too is that I wish more people could hear the conversations that we had mm. when no one else is in the room. There's never a conversation that I've been in in this office where it wasn't about how we could deliver better for the client or something we needed to change to cater to clients more, you know, more or to be more closely aligned with them. It's that, that is the focus that I think Zach is alluding to is we're constantly trying to continue to merge closer and closer. It's something that I, I think to David's point is lost on a lot of people because they don't realize in our industry, that's not the norm, but that is who we strive to be. That's who the culture that we've tried to create. And I'm really proud of that too. I've had people say to me, I mean, this feeds into what you're saying, Scott, but people say to me, so tell me about your competitors. Who's your biggest competitor? It's always a question. And my answer is simple. I have zero clue what my competitors are doing. We spend 100% of our time in this firm trying to provide value and create value for our clients. That's it. That's what, that's why we've grown the way we have people refer their friends to us. I could care less what my competitor's doing because it it gets me off of the focus of doing what we're supposed to do. And that is providing for our clients value and we're going to do it and we have done it. Yeah. Well said. One of my favorite stories from the beginning is the uh, conference room story. And so if people don't understand in our world, when, when you leave another firm, you don't get to take files and clients and there's no calling them. It's up to the client to contact you. So you guys show up at this office that you've rented. And <laughs> anyway, I'll let you guys take it from there. But I, I think the opening story, if, especially if you've set foot inside our office now, just shows the dramatic growth that we've, we've had in the, uh, really how blessed we've been over the past five years. All right. Well, I'll, I'll start. <laughs> I will always remember forever for a bunch of reasons, nostalgically, personally, emotionally, from, you know, just a bunch of different angles. Those first few weeks, we, we didn't expect to, to, you know, do it when we did it. And we uh, so had nothing. We had to scramble around to get, you know, things like computers and (laughs) phones and desks. And, you know, when we left to your point, Tyler, it was, you know, clients calling us. And until that phone rings, you really can't do anything. Sure. And so you're just sitting there holding the phone. Fortunately, it rang a lot. And people were asking a lot of really good questions. The odd thing was, and you alluded to this earlier, from February 1st of 2018 to February 13th of 2018, we really couldn't answer any questions because we weren't a licensed firm. So we just had to basically say, well, we're very eager to speak with you about it someday (laughs) soon. (laughs) But then people wanted to come see us. Yeah. So they would come to our office and they would walk into an empty office and we had ordered some furniture, like, the I don't know, right after we, we left, but it was going to take a while to get it. Yeah. And so uh, our furniture vendor was gracious enough to supply us with a conference room table and uh, some folding chairs. 
Very, and, fa- very and, fancy. Well, and there was a couple of actual real chairs, but I don't remember. It was quite a hodgepodge. Oh. But people would come in and sit in those folding chairs, right, right. To, to visit with us. And that was, as I look back on that, I think about those clients, and I am just eternally grateful yes. to, to them for their trust and their confidence. And I mean, these guys have tons of stories too, so I want to let them tell theirs. But I mean, I just remember sitting in that conference room and we didn't have access to the technology we needed yet. So we were having to fill out all the initial client opening paperwork by hand. And for those of you that know me, my handwriting is absolutely atrocious. So, I mean, I was, it's like, you know, watching a kindergartner with a crayon try to fill out paperwork, but <laughs> we did it. We did what we had to do. When you look right now, it's easy to come here, 1.6 billion. It's a pretty easy decision and you see our track record, see what we do, see what we provide. Those first few days, you had to believe in us. Yeah. yeah. And those first clients, I just, I, I, every time we meet with them, I hug them and I, and I thank them every time they keep telling me not, it was an easy decision not to thank them, but I do. And you look back on it and you're just saying, wow, I'm, I'm so grateful because it was surreal for a lot of them going here. Let me unfold this chair for you to sign your paperwork. <laughs> yeah. You can sit right over here and you can sign your paperwork. I promise we have furniture on order. It was unique and having to wait for every one of those phone calls to come to us. There was not one outgoing call. You guys said it beautifully, but I have to uh, just emphasize how, how grateful we are. We, we talk about it literally Every anniversary and every time we see those first wave of clients, we're eternally grateful. They're the ones who really launched Full Sail, not yes. us. It's true. Bless. You run a when you run like a client report from inception and you see, you know, February, March, April, twenty eighteen, it gives you chills a little bit. Yep. Like to go back to that and think about the decision those folks were making to trust us is just something you shouldn't I'll never take it for granted. I remember one of our clients looking at me and he's one of our largest clients and he said to me, he goes, Dave, we do business with people. We don't do business with institutions and we're coming with you guys. Yeah. It was it, it was chilling. I mean, I, I just had chills when he said that to me. And I remember a client up I won't be too specific, it was it's a vendor of ours as well. And he came to meet with us and he walked in and Zach and David now were all sitting in the conference room and he sat down and he was going to talk with us about something we needed from him. But before he said, before we get into this and he just reached up and he grabbed his statement and he slapped it and slid it across the table and he said, here you go, let's get it moved. And it was like, <laughs> wow. Like, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't yeah. believe it either. Yeah. It was great. It was amazing. One thing you guys hit on at the beginning, we were talking about kind of those, those principles, those, the, the underlying mission uh, and Scott, you hit on the family office side, but at the end of the day, and to this day, it continues to be the focus is the relationships. And every single story that you guys just hit on is about the strong relationships you guys have had and the strong relationships we continue to build. So I think those are great examples. Let's move into a little bit of today and then looking forward. We have a very unique culture, in my opinion. We have a very unique approach in the fact that we take a team approach. Nobody's siloed inside our walls as far as my book, your book, Scott's book, David's book, everybody, if a client calls in and they need real estate help, we bring in Scott. If they need legal help, Scott and Max can help. If they need retirement planning, I'm happy to step in and, and help. CPA. And the list goes on and on, right? Talk about why that was so important at the beginning of having that team approach and where our culture is today and where you would hope it continues to go. I think when you look at the landscape of, of wealth management, if you want to be come in and disrupt that, what you do is you come in with a team approach. Because when I looked around at the landscape at that time, and Zach and, and Scott and I really, we did this together, 
everyone was siloed. You go into a firm, everyone has their book of business and they're guarding it. And they're not just guarding it from outside competition. They're protecting it from the people, the office next to, next door to them. It's true. And we wanted team full sale. We wanted our clients when they when they came to us. We wanted them to get the whole balance of the experience that, and expertise that we have in each office. And that's why we've been very deliberate in who we've hired, because we want people to have a skill set that not only helps their clients but helps every other client of the firm. And so. It's just like I said during during last year, a hard year in the markets. I loved walking by the offices of the people in our firm and listening to them collaborate on how they can help each other mm-hmm. and help our clients through whatever issue it was. It's amazing. I think for me, you know, I have the privilege of being able to work with literally every client in our firm. Yeah. I'm touching their portfolio yep. somehow for every client, right? Mm-hmm. But when I see, you know, the most satisfied clients are when I think, you know, we high five each other the most for creating the most value is when we bring in the entire team. When there's a problem that requires Scott's help yeah. or Tyler, your help or Max's or Stacy's or Kyle's help to solve, that's when we really yep. feel. Yep. And it goes back to Scott's comment about family office. It's really hard to define, but man, I, we can tell you some stories when we've created that family office value because it's something that's completely outside of the investment world where we have some expertise or we know of someone who we bring in to help that client. And that is, in my view, how we've created a firm that's grown much more quickly than other firms is creating that level of service because that's what people ultimately tell their friends about. And I think it's what clients don't see that I try really hard to articulate to them and the outside world, which is that way more goes on behind the curtain for you than you realize. And what I mean by that is, and I always joke with them like, I said, look, our team spends way more time talking about you behind your back than we do to your face. And it's because if I have a trust administration problem, I know I can go talk to David. If I'm reviewing an estate plan for a client, I can grab Max. If there's a complex problem with taxes or something that I'm going to get with a client CPA about, if I need to, I can talk to Stacy ahead of time, right? If I have a client as a qualified plan need, I know I can bring you in, Tyler, and you can help us. And they don't realize that I'm going office to office and grabbing that value that each person provides. But that's why the team is so valuable is because so many financial advisors are structured in a way that they are siloed either by design or by intentionality of the culture of the firm. They're not willing to share. And so that's the only value you get. This world, our clients' needs are far too complex for that to be the way that you operate in this day and age. I'm an attorney by training. I'm licensed to do that. I've been in the business for 15 years and I face problems every day that I don't know the answer to. I have to go seek help. And as Zach alluded to, sometimes that help is outside our firm, but for the clients that we have the best relationships with or the clients that are utilizing what we do the most, the stuff you get involved with is crazy. I mean, I've helped clients through divorces. I've helped them through complex estate planning. I've helped them through tax strategy with their CPA and real estate challenges, uh, inheritance issues, family dynamic problems, you, you name it. We, we get in the weeds when we have to, but that's where the value gets created that isn't going to show up in the performance report. David alluded to it earlier, but as of recording, we're, we're right around a little above $1.6 billion in assets under management. And that's a number we bring up and we talk about not to brag and not to say, look at us. It's to say, look, look at the families that have hired us, that have trusted us with their assets. Have you guys been surprised by the people over the years that have entrusted you with their wealth, what's kind of been one of the most shocking or most surprising parts of going from zero folding table, folding chairs, 
day one or day 13, depending on what day you look at it, to today. What's been one of those things that's like, that is the most surprising thing or, or heck, even the most rewarding thing? I would say on a personal level, it would just be probably sacrifice and, and sort of evolution. So yeah. I think each of us has had to change the way that we approach the business in order to help each other at the outset and then ultimately our team now be more successful. I mean, I've had conversations with you, you know, this is a, a line that David uses a lot and I took to internalizing it and trying to understand it and use it for improvement. But at some point, everybody gets promoted to their own level of incompetency. And if you don't see it coming, you don't evolve away from it. And I think that's something that has allowed us to grow. I think it's something that's really contributed to our success. To your point, we don't say numbers or talk about our growth or tell our story because we're bragging. I think if anything, we're really trying to keep ourselves humble and remember that we got started because people believed in what we, what we said we were going to do. And we went out and we did it. Figuring out how to do it is the hard part. And evolving as a professional, I think, is what's probably allowed, in our own way, uh, has allowed us to really grow and, and continue to evolve as a, as a company. So I just think when you look at people that have started businesses like Full Cell Capital, I see a lot of people that work really hard and nothing happens. They either fail or their business just stays small forever. You know, and I just look back and we work really, really hard, all of us, this entire firm. And I just thank God for it because he's brought us people that, that we, we just had favor with. And it's, it is interesting to me that in our, in our industry, it feels refreshing to people when someone's 100% honest with them. Right. <laughs> and, and that's, that's really all we're doing. We lay, we're laying out our thesis, which is not complicated. It's just very honest. Yeah. And, and people are drawn to that and, and have, my sales cycle used to be in the trust world when I came out of it. Sometimes it was three to five years You from the first time you met with a family that you actually booked business. Sure. Now it's really the first meeting. Mm-hmm. I would say on average, wouldn't you guys agree that on average, 90% of the time we're signing up the first meeting, which is amazing to someone who's done this as long as me. And I think one of the reasons, real quick, chime in here, is we are not afraid to admit or be honest with somebody and say we're not the right fit. And I think that is another major difference is it could be a great client from a revenue standpoint, but if, if it's going to be a bad fit one internally with just the kind of the operational side or, or two with their belief in markets, we've got to be able to tell them we're not a good fit. And I think the no's that you guys have said over the years probably is just as impactful as the people that you've signed up. I agree with that a lot, Tyler. I I think back to when we started, one of our concerns, and it's almost, we almost laugh about it now was, you know, if we go tell people, hey, we're going to just go buy low cost exchange traded funds for the most part, and we're going to get market returns, but that's actually going to improve your return because most active managers underperform. We're like, man, I I don't know how many people are going to like that, that message. And you look back and you think about our business plans when we started we would be lying if we said we thought we'd be at $2 billion two, two years and three months into starting Full Cell. We grew very, very quickly. And I think a lot of that was the message that we were putting out resonated yeah. with the market. I'm a capitalist. The market spoke that there was a real demand out there for the services and the investment yeah. approach that we were taking. The other thing that was gratifying was not only when we talked to clients, but when we talked to other great advisors, people mm-hmm. like George Colmia, yep. who joined us six months after we we were a firm. And I mean, we got to give George a lot of credit there. Absolutely. Coming Absolutely. out of these mega $100 billion yep. firms, 
to join a little startup in Oklahoma the, City. That does not happen for those of you that you know don't understand the business. People don't leave the big Wall Street firms and go to a, a small private RIA that's just starting out. They go to other big Wall Street firms and get big checks. Exactly. So having people like George, people like Tyler, people like Stacy down the line change out of public accounting to come work for Full Cell, I think that that's really gratifying too yeah. Um, yeah. for all of us. Yes. 100% agree. Okay, so November of 2021, three years under your belt, three and a half years under your belt, the firm makes the decision, we're going we're gonna to move to Midtown, just, just north of downtown Oklahoma City. Let's talk about that a little bit. I think that is up there with one of the more impactful decisions that you three as partners made and one of the more impactful decisions that we as a firm made. If you haven't been by our office or driven down 10th in Midtown, you can't miss our building. And now people have seen our logo, they've seen our brand, they've seen our building. Speak into that a little bit, why that was important to you guys and, and how that's what you've seen now that we've been in the building for over a year. Yeah. I got to give Scott all the credit because this Total. was entirely Scott's doing from finding the building, yes. negotiating everything, having the vision mm -hmm. to create yeah. the space that we're in now, which we all love. And I, I've gotten great feedback from clients. So Scott, why don't you take us through that? The funny thing was we had a lot of conversations long before we actually moved. Yeah. And we knew there were two places in Oklahoma City that we felt like we really wanted to kind of anchor down. See what I did there? Catherine would um, be so proud of you right now. I know. That's, she was floating in my mind as I was thinking about that. There were two spots. One of them was Midtown. The challenge, if you're not familiar with Oklahoma City, Midtown is where all the action is. There's a ton of development going on here. It's almost like a campus environment. I mean, we have 15 restaurants within three blocks of our office, which is wonderful. But the problem is finding a building with parking is very difficult. And parking is a big deal for us because of the convenience of being able to have clients in our space and to have the community in our space is really important to us. And so we looked around and looked around and looked around. And finally, Travis Mason, a broker here in Oklahoma City, it was like, look, I've shown this building to like three or four groups. Nobody will bite on it. Please come look at it. So he brings me down and I walk in and, you know, the, there's water dripping on the floor from a leaking roof and it's just a concrete floor and there's some old shelled out bathrooms and concrete walls on each side, brick walls on each side. And there wasn't much here. So I got really excited because at that, point, yeah. at that point, it's your vision. And I could think back over three offices, almost four that I was involved in some level of planning on or utilized, how they functioned, how they didn't, what was wrong, how the team used them, what clients liked, what they didn't. And a rectangle is not that hard to figure out, which is the shape of our building. But I brought uh, David down to see it. So yeah, I, I was the negative person <laughs> about this whole thing. I, I did not want to come down here. And Scott one day said, um, you're coming with me today and I'm going to show you something and you're going to agree with me after I show it to you. And I went, okay. Uh, so we get in the car, we come down here, pulls into the parking lot, and he goes, okay. Is it 35 spots we have? We've got 40 total. 40 total. And how many, just to reiterate how important parking was and distance to the front door, how many spaces oh, does it take oh. you to walk from your parking spot one on the, average? One of the deal breakers for, for me and for us as it related to figuring out if the, if the building or the site would accommodate what we felt like was a high enough level of service is it had to be 50, 50 steps or less from the client's parking space to the, to the door of our conference room. Not our front door, but to the door of our conference room. So Details matter, guys. I think for most people, it's around 30. Yeah. <laughs> for, most yeah. for most people. Depends on your strength. For most people. Depends on, for me, it's 50. Yeah. Um, 
So Scott walks in. He goes, "All right, we got these forty spaces. Which you, if you come down here, you know this play, this area of town. You know it's a complete premium to have that." We walk in. It looks like someone just set a bomb off in this place. There was nothing but brick and concrete <laughs> and holes in the roof. And he sets down his plans from his architect. And he walks to the end and he turns my shoulders to look down across the building. He goes, "Can you see it?" And I went, no, <laughs> I can't, but I trust you. So I'll see you when it's done. So I got in the car and went, and, that's, and I think it was Zach and I rolled up when it was like three quarters of the yep. way done, just for a, a kind of a nice tour that we were almost done, but Scott did everything. Yep. Well, I, I think we had a vision for what we wanted it to function like. And my job on behalf of our partner group was to make sure that that got done. And with the help of great people like CommonWorks Architects and Lingo, Steve Mason and, and Travis Mason, you know, we were able to make that happen. And, you know, the building is great. It served us well. But I think the thing I'm the most proud of about it is it demonstrates our commitment to Oklahoma City as our hometown where we're all from. Everybody that works at this company lives here. And, and I, so I think it's important that we have a place that, that really roots us in, in, a, in a proper manner. And this does that. But I think the other thing it does is it gave us a space where we can invite our community into the building with us. We have meeting rooms and we're working on a community room right now that will enable us to host more groups. And that's important. It's important for us to make ourselves a part of the community. And that's why we did it. Yeah. But I think the building has been a great addition to our culture. And I think it's helped us evolve that culture in the direction we wanted it to go. So it's something that I'm certainly proud of. And I know, you know, Zach and David are too. Looking ahead, whether it's the team, it, not even necessarily asset center management, but clients, what is something that you guys hope that we can have this conversation five more years at our 10-year anniversary and something that we've accomplished? Or what's something that keeps you up at night? Because we're having a conversation really from an entrepreneur standpoint, part of our entrepreneur series that we've had all these other business owners on. And so I think if somebody's out there listening that is a business owner, they're going to understand and they're going to feel where you guys are coming from. So what's something that keeps you up at night and what's something that you hope we can accomplish in the next five Something I think we've hit on that has worked well, we've already kind of covered a little bit on this podcast, but looking for advisors who can bring some skill set that we don't already have yes. into the firm has worked really well. And so, you know, my vision is I think for the next five years is finding more people have who do all the right things, who are a cultural fit, who put the client first, but also have some skill set that we don't currently have. So you know, if you're listening to this out there and you've got a skill set and you're a great advisor, give us a call. Absolutely. We want to talk to you. Phone lines are open. The phone yep. lines are open, as Warren Buffett likes to say. That's right. Call uh, now and we'll double, <laughs> double your salary if you call right now. They're, Careful there, Tyler. They're incredibly, hard. <laughs> they're incredibly hard to find. They are. The George Colmias of the world are yep. very rare. Yep. The other thing that we've talked about a lot, and I think that, uh, you know, it, it's probably every entrepreneur goes through this, but it's thinking about how taking a business that was a collection of a few people to start that, you know, the starting five of us, we've added some more people. We're five years into it. We're all five years older, right? We're all five years closer to the end of our careers. Even if we have a couple yeah, decades yeah. to go, hopefully in Scott and I's case, but how do you turn this business into an enterprise that lasts beyond us? And, you know, that's a challenge in a lot of ways, but it's something that Scott and Dave and I spend a lot more time thinking about, you know, how do we, both attract and then retain over the yeah. long term really high quality people who can carry on the mission of full sell beyond us. Yeah. And I think that's a really exciting challenge personally. I, I'll just add to that because that's what I was going to say. You get into a real humble mindset when you start thinking about where we are today. But if we want to get where we're going, 
it isn't going to be because we did it. It's going to be because other great people came and helped us do it. And I am laser focused, as Zach alluded to, that making an enterprise out of this is way more important than making a partnership out of it. And we did that fine. But if we're going to get to where we want to go, I'll know we got there when people don't give us the credit anymore. And I think that's That'd be a hard thing for a lot of people to say or admit, but it will feel good to me when that happens because I'll know that we built something and, and helped build something that is going to go on after we are gone. And that's the whole objective, you know? I'll dovetail on what you both said, but when you talk about this in the context of what keeps you up at night, I don't really have anything that keeps me up at night because as far as I can tell right now, we're actually talking and trying to address the things that we, we can see. There are things you can't see. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The things we can see, and the, and I think we're doing it with the, the right heart and the right focus. I'm one of those guys anymore. I, I came out of a family just, I mean, worrying was a badge of honor, right? Yeah. So I will tell you, I'm not a worrier. I'm one of those guys. I always expect good to come, and I deal with bad as it happens. Yeah. And I think that's how we handle it. I mean, you know, something we haven't talked about, but going through COVID together oh. as a you know, firm that was less right at two years old when yep. COVID hit. Yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> I hope, knock on wood, we don't have a more stressful environment than that. But I agree with you, Dave. I sleep very well in, in terms of thinking that we can together as a firm work through something just like we did through COVID. It wasn't easy. It was super stressful. We were worried for our clients, our employees, the business, but we came to work and continue to work through it. And, and I'm very proud of what we did through that whole time period. Amen to that. Yep. It was, it was amazing when you looked at how the team worked through that. Scott had us completely set up to yep. where literally everyone could go home and it was just like they were here Yeah. from a technology standpoint yep. or something. Oh, in a, in a firm's first five years, I, I don't think anybody would start knowing they're going to go through a global pandemic and then the market like we had last year in 2022 been a lot easier to start in 2010 those first five years have been great yeah oh yeah oh yeah yeah but i think that does speak to the foundation that you guys put in place from you three partners with Catherine and max from the beginning you five that that foundation you begin building and then from there you have those those fibers in the firm and you've just continued to weave good people into this place and so I don't think many firms could have survived those two events in the first five years. And we've, in my opinion, probably excelled during those times. So guys, as we wrap up here, I just want to take a minute and from myself and the rest of us as the employees, we appreciate your leadership. We appreciate what you guys have done. The vision is very clear for where Full Sail's going. Like Zach said, if you're interested from a client perspective or an advisor perspective, any of us are open to having a conversation. And I think that is something that we would all be happy to do. So I appreciate the time, fellas. Happy five years of Full Sail. Cheers. And, um, Cheers, y'all. Cheers. Here's to the next five. We're thankful. Yeah. Thanks again, guys. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's conversation, don't forget to review and subscribe to your preferred podcast platform. Have a great week. All opinions expressed by the host and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Full Sail Capital. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. Clients of Full Sail may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast.